in this episode of The Half Nerd, is the Raspberry Pi a PC, ethics in tech journalism, and your questions answered. Boom. Sorry, I probably blew out the mic when I like did the Gordon voice. <laughs> and was that a dab at the end? I, I couldn't see it. <laughs> no, it was not purposely. It's a thing that I picked up while doing a lot of dancing where you do like a lot of motions like this, but oh, okay. I think it's close enough to looking like a dab that everyone thinks that it is now. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually, like secret confession, I don't actually know how to dab. I, I, th- I think it's the same thing, but the, the one arm goes across and hides your face more. Like oh, okay. This, I think. Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, oh, and Vignesh, great question. I actually have the, uh, I'm figuring out on the OBS side to ha- how to get the intro music in with the, to get everybody listening. So, and voice meter banana HUD. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> working on it. Anyway, that's all going to be cut out for the audio version. Uh, you lovely people get to hear this, this chitter chatter. Uh, so, Elena, why don't you bring us in? All right, so uh, welcome to the Half Nerd episode 147.5. I am one of the co-hosts today, Elena. Uh, Joining me is Adam Patrick Murray. And and for the first time, we are having somebody else doing the horizontals and verticals, our very own Willis Lai. Hello, hello, everyone. And he's he's just going to be the voice of God right now. He, yeah. he uh, <laughs> I just found out this morning he doesn't have an external webcam. Uh, so I know as a yeah. producer, shame on me. <laughs> uh, shame on you, Willis. Uh, that's fine. You know uh, he's he's going to be he's he's doing some verticals and horizontals uh, in preparation for whatever episode happens next week because oh I'm going to be on vacation. So Yay. Mm-hmm. yeah, that, that'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited. Oh, he's yeah. Uh, Corbin uh, is calling you out. He he says he doesn't have a webcam. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Actually, know. actually, during our our group meetings, Willis has the best backgrounds. So we have <laughs> seen him during our Zoom meetings, and he always has a really interesting photograph in the background as his virtual background. It's true. It's true. Usually, it's Studio Ghibli related, <laughs> or sometimes Halo. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say if this didn't work, I could have just put uh, the like uh, a three-person light uh, gallery layout, and I just have Godzilla in the in the background, which I usually <laughs> that have. would be awesome. <laughs> that actually would have been hilarious. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, we're we're here with an episode of uh, the Hafner to uh, to talk about the questions and community chatter that happens in our awesome Discord uh, every every hour of the day, including the middle of the night, probably. Uh, so yeah, thank you. To we all have the, people. All- all over the yeah. globe, actually, which is amazing. Yeah, thank you to the fine folks in Discord. Uh, it, it's an awesome community over there. If if you haven't joined, there's a link uh, in the description. You should definitely hop in. And we're going to talk about some things today that uh, that have been chatted over there. I would say the very first one, which was kind of kind of contested from our uh, Full Nerd Hall of Fame episode last time. Yeah, Elena, is the Raspberry Pi a PC? Is it? Did you go too far in bringing that up? I, I mean, obviously, called out Brad for the MacBook, but that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> obviously, I don't think I did because I'm the one who nominated the Raspberry Pi. But let's let's read the question and we we will give more context because I don't want I don't want people who are listening to to not understand the full context of that question. I just need to actually pull up the correct document here. 
so many windows. Okay, so uh, no cloud on Discord wanted to know Raspberry Pi inducted into the PC Hall Hardware Hall of Fame. What? I thought this was about PC hardware. If we are going to include small quote alternative platforms, why didn't the nerds choose Android and iPhone devices? What has more influence on computing today? May I suggest that uh, PC World Hardware Hall of Fame gets more focus next year? So that's the full context of the question. I, I mean, to be honest, he's not wrong. I mean, we could have. I, I think disagree. somebody could have made I disagree, it an argument though. for it, right? I disagree, though, because the unspoken, and here's why. So the unspoken, um, I would say, guidelines for what we choose for the PC Hardware Hall of Fame, that's a little bit of a tongue twister for me this morning, <laughs> I don't know why, is that it has to share the characteristics of the PC, which is that it's it's open, you know, that you're going to have the similar input devices that you would on PC. This is how I'm defining it. Okay. And that, you know, you can customize it and mod it, honestly, in my opinion, like Modular, a PC. Yeah, yeah and wise. so for me, the, P the, the Raspberry Pi ticks all those boxes because even though it's a single board computer, it has the GPIO pin so that you can add, to add other things to this board. For example, you can actually get it to run um, storage drives that you would normally use with a standard x86 or even ARM PC. I mean... This is an ARM PC. I mean, it's running a chip that has ARM in it. It uses an ARM chip for the CPU or SOC, I guess, really. Um, beyond that, you can install Linux on it. I have installed, like, as part of my experimenting, I have installed um, a special port of Ubuntu on it, as well as what's now known as Raspberry Pi OS. I keep wanting to call it Raspbian, which mm -hmm. is a, a derivative of De uh, Debian a form of Linux or a, um, a branch of Linux. And then, you know, you can also install things like the RetroPy emulator, which is, you know, again, a special baked version for a specific use case. You're going to plug a, a keyboard and a mouse into it, and you're going to use it the same way you would a standard PC, a standard Linux PC. So to me, the Raspberry Pi is a PC. It's not what we think of when we think of PCs, which are completely modular in like that you can, choose your own CPU, you can choose your own GPU, you can choose your own power supply, and so on and so forth. Uh, but you can't choose your case for a Raspberry Pi, and some of them are pretty cool. Some no. of them cost as much, if not more, than the Raspberry Pi board itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's some fancy ones. Uh, Carlos de Bernard uh, actually uh, has an interesting delineation. He says, yes, it's a computer. No, it's not a PC. PC stands for personal computer, though. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sorry. I'm splitting hairs on that one. I know. So I would actually be interested to know, Carlos, what, like, how, how you envision PC? Like, what does that stand for in your mind? Because obviously we can't go by semantics, not pure semantics. Yeah. And, and I, I think Android and iPhone are too limited. This is to me the distinguishing factor. So to go back to the original question, to say that Android and iPhone are on the same level as a Linux PC, even a limited Linux PC, I don't agree with that because, I mean, in some ways you get more versatility in that there's much more robust apps, like, sorry, app stores. The amount of desktop applications that you can install on a Raspberry Pi is actually quite limited, unfortunately. However, 
Sorry, go ahead. I keep cutting you I just, off. I was, no, I was just going to say that you you can actually mod an Android phone to run Windows or Linux. I mean, technically, the hardware is there. So Android is different than the actual like phone hardware itself, you know. Sure. But yeah, I mean, it's... But right. we're talking about the hardware. Yeah, exactly. PC hardware. hardware Hall of Fame, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to go by this definition, sure. I guess you could say that phones, smartphones are PCs, and I don't... I wouldn't, I would say they're specialized limited PCs and that's what, excuse me, would keep them out of the hall of fame. In my opinion, because it's not like it's easy for you to just to download a distro and install it onto a phone. Like a lot of the, the operating systems are tuned to really get the most out of the hardware specifically. And that's not open. That's not open source. And it's very difficult for a standard person to do it. Like when I wrote the Raspberry Pi as a PC how-to, that is something that if, if, if my mother was to put her mind to it, she could do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's not get into that. And, too deep yeah, down. I mean, and there's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, to, to be fair, phones, consoles, you know, like everything is, is, is converging into, you know, what we think of as a PC to a certain degree, they all have limited capabilities, you know, and I mean, even, uh, Isaac says a good thing, uh, or good point. Um, Samsung phones, you can plug in run decks, which is essentially kind of a, a PC in itself. So the, the delineation I would also add is that this is a, a mobile first experience, for commute computing right where where a you know a raspberry pi a a pc you know a windows pc a mac you know is sure there's laptops but it's it's a it's a, a desktop experience if that makes sense like mm-hmm. a samsung phone sure you can plug it in and have it act like a desktop but it's mostly a phone first yes where and windows 10 is mostly yes. a desktop first Sure, you can take yes. it on a laptop and have it be mobile, but, you know. And DeX is specific to Samsung phones only, which still is a very closed ecosystem. So you yeah. kind of have to buy into that specifically to make it work. Although, I mean, you could start, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fine line to, to draw. And I think it's a, a very valid question to ask. However, I think that for us, and this is just my opinion, obviously, Brad and Gordon aren't here. And I would like to know their take on it, too, at some point when they're back. But I think you run into a danger, in my opinion, of elitism, if you say only socketed desktop PCs that we like x86 PCs that we all know and build regularly, are the only things that can go into the hall hardware hall of fame, because I mean, we put a keyboard in there. You know, we put accessories related to the PC in there, you can use a I mean, in theory, with the right adapters, you could use a model um, M keyboard or anything else we were to choose with with a Raspberry Pi, right? So it, this is the, the, the real reason behind the hall, Hardware Hall of Fame is to spark discussion for us to like kind of go back in time and really examine how we got to, <clears throat> excuse me, where we are today. And even though the Raspberry Pi is so a relative new entry, and you could argue that other things like the 5.25 inch drives or sorry, discs above me should go in before something like NAND, which is something else that NoCloud also brought up on Discord, which is a question I do want to get to, but I feel like the whole crew should be here for it. <laughs> um, there are things that have had a big impact in Splash, even within the, what, eight years that the Raspberry Pi has been out. 
So we're trying to mix it up a little bit. So otherwise, it's just going to be us doing a historical retrospective purely. And I think we do want to highlight things across the spectrum when we have these well, conversations. And I, I think it also, at least for me, I haven't been around that long since like a you know gordon so i don't know the full history so i the stuff that i like to bring up are things that you know have had more impact on on me and my time in the pc space as well i mean that's what makes it the full nerd hall of fame you know it's 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 our experiences together and as gordon if if gordon were here i know he'd point out like the beatles didn't get in the first year you know like (laughs) (laughs) like so i mean yeah we we could we could literally go chronologically okay what were the major things and just go in order like that but that's that's boring that's not as fun yeah i mean the real point of this like it's a great question and even though i'm still like so like no raspberry pi is pc it sticks it sticks it's um you know it's all this is all good fun and it just it's to help spark discussion we're we're having fun. That's uh that's the the good part of it. Although I do like uh Uncle Elias's uh comment on Twitch where he, he says if it can run DOS it's a PC. <laughs> Which actually funny enough I there was a you know every once in a while on the iOS app store you'll get these like apps that pop up that like like have some sort of functionality that Apple didn't intend and like it'll immediately get squashed. I remember uh, early on in the App Store ecosystem, uh, there was this app called iDOS that that literally lets you ran uh, run uh, DOS on an iPad. Uh, I still have the app loaded on my my really old iP- app, iPad, but it hasn't been updated, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it, it got squashed. So people, when it first came out, like were were running. Uh, like literally loading Windows 95 on an iPad oh, because that's they awesome. could run it in DOS, and like then people were like like do, like loading like Command and Conquer and like playing it on an iPad. Uh, it was yeah that that's my one piece of tech where I'm just like oh man I downloaded that that app right before Apple deleted it and like it uh, allowed functionality that Apple never wanted. <laughs> so does that mean that you can't <laughs> yeah. ever update because as soon as you do it'll remove it from your device? No, what happens, I, like, there's been a couple times in iOS where they'll do, like, a, you know, a major platform change, like, I think 32-bit to 64-bit, right? So, oh, I see. like, the, the app is still technically on there. It just, I like, when it. I click on it, it says, hey, the developer needs to update it to run with the newest iOS. So, I could have just not updated iOS, but, I mean, I wasn't that, like, married to it, you know, uh, so. Because oh, the functionality was still broken, so at the end of the day. <laughs> um, so, Adam, there's we have a super chat. And yes. I'm going to let you take it because there's that running <laughs> oh. thing where you have to try to pronounce <laughs> <laughs> that viewer's name properly this year. Uh, you know what? I uh, Thank you for the $5, uh, John Dokick. John, <laughs> John Dokick. I, that's, that's just how I read it. I, for some reason, I would have put the I in there between the K, the K and the C. Uh, and he says, hell yes, Raspberry Pi is a personal computer. Uh, we agree. <laughs> John Doe kick. Uh, I probably didn't get it right, but we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, so Raspberry Pis, PCs, it's true. Uh, I will say an, another thing that, that not just got kind of talked about in our, our Discord lately, but uh, there was obviously a big piece uh, by uh, Steve from Gaber's Nexus uh, about ethics in tech journalism. Uh, and actually, Elena, I mean, you, you've been in tech, you've been in, in game journalism. Oh, let's know. not do the ethics in video game journalism yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty of ethics to go around. Uh, so, you know, I 
I don't know about you. I, I did watch uh, some of the video. I mean, the, there was it's obviously a, a big video. Uh, you should go watch it about MSI and their mm-hmm. practices. You know, uh, Steve has also you know taken other companies to test over the years too. It's uh, he he has a, a history of that. So I don't think we should necessarily recap that, but I I do think it is uh, always an interesting thing to learn about everybody's different uh, ethical practices. You know where people fall. Uh, even uh, uh, MKBHD uh, had a, a video recently and on his podcast talked about his ethics, uh, you know, in, in his line of, of tech journalism, because he, he's more of an influencer first where we come from a little bit more of the, the you know, traditional, traditional journalism journalism past. So I always around. think that the more people that talk about where those lines are and that where people understand where we're coming from, the better, uh, rather than kind of glossing it over and obviously I, I think we should talk about this again with the full crew uh when we're back together but you know we can get the uh the discussion started here because I, I would love to hear uh your take on it because you're obviously more uh have, have a lot more history in it than i do so uh, sorry there's somebody in chat saying that i have a spider in my background and i was just typing to them <laughs> saying that's not funny because i don't like spiders <laughs> 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 that was the pause. Um, so, yeah, so Steve uh, on Gamers Nexus brought this up. Other Steve, I believe, on Hardware Unboxed also brought this up. And I watched both their videos. And just to recap for people who don't know what happened is that a smaller channel, and I'm really sorry because I can't remember the name of that channel, um, went public with the fact that someone at MSI had not liked the review that they had done and requested them to take it down or to that they would get paid to not run it. If I'm remembering this correctly, it's been actually a little bit, maybe like a couple of weeks since this, since this past. Yeah. They, 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 they did the work of the testing. MSI was aware of, of kind of the outcome and then asked, said, Hey, we'll pay you for the work that you did. Just don't run it. Uh, I'm yeah. paraphrasing. Right. Not exact words, but. Uh, and it's, uh, oh, thank you, chat. So YouTube chat saying it was Tech Team GB. So what we got asked in our Discord, and sorry, let me switch windows and bring this up. And while I'm doing that, maybe uh, Adam can grab that uh, Super Chat shout out oh, real quick. Oh, yes. Uh, Evo Caddy Productions. Yeah, you did it. Caddy. Caddy. Evo Evocati Productions, yes. Thank you. Super Chat $5 said, my wife told me I had to stop donating so much, uh, but we deserve it, uh, and she will just spend it otherwise. So get a coffee on me. Thank you. Don't get in trouble with your wife. Yeah. Never never uh, <laughs> sacrifice that relationship just for, for us, but we do appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Rare wanted to know if, uh, I'll just read it out loud. Do companies attempt to use unethical methods to influence reviews on PC World? If so, how does your experience differ from YouTubers? And this was in reference to the whole ethics thing, MSI ethics thing that we just brought up. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to dig too deep into the behind the scenes stuff for us at PC World, just because um, I don't want to accidentally say something I shouldn't in terms of things that we've been told lately. We always have to kind of walk that fine line. Um but in general, it, it's, a, it's a journalistic outfit that, you know, that we're part of. So that means that we interact with companies and they know that they cannot dictate coverage to us. And we will 
politely, you know, remind them of that. If anything that gets suggested to us starts to even sound like it could be that, but most people that we work with are professionals and they know better than to do that. And that's something that, you know, both gamers Nexus and Harbor and box covered as well, that they don't, the people who've been in the, who've been in the industry a while or have been trained by people who've been in industry for a while, just know better than to do that. Um, so I would agree with their assessment or their guess rather that the person that suggested this was either someone who was very new to this space, um, either through just lack of experience because that they're early in their career or maybe they've switched industries and that's not how things worked elsewhere. But it is not something that's common. And the other thing too is that journalists always have the right and ability to push back and say like, you know, well, that's, that's not how we would cover it. Here's how we would cover it. We would like to see your product, but if this is not possible, then, you know, either we'll talk about it or we'll source it ourselves some other way or so on, so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll add uh, a couple things. Um, I don't know if it, it maybe helps some people to to know just kind of the process uh, of how it goes. You know, I, I had to kind of learn this when I came on board. I do not have a, a, a journalism background. You know, uh, luckily, I, I have I'm surrounded by awesome people on PC World, you know, to kind of help me walk through this stuff. So when I started covering things or, you know, writing reviews, you know, I, I kind of had to, to learn um, how it worked, you know, and, and how it typically works is that you know, a, a product gets uh, announced or in some cases there's a, a pre-announcement, a pre-brief, uh, like so before the public uh, is aware of it. And either the company will reach out to somebody at PC World and say, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so, we understand your beat is XYZ. We think uh, that you might want to check this out. Or on the flip side, maybe there's something that we uh, are like, hey, this is interesting uh, and that we should be covering this, uh, that, that are that our audience should know about, right? So the somehow the the interaction is is kind of started. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, talked about like uh, you know like okay, well, uh, I'm just going to use an example: a laptop. Uh, hey, uh, c- can I get a laptop in for review? You know, we're we're going to publish a an article to PCWorld.com. Uh, you know, we might do a, a video like an unboxing or something. Uh, most of the time, they don't necessarily ask what kind of coverage we're going to do with it, but sometimes they do, you know, just curious how we're going to be using it. Um, And then other than, you know, getting the logistics of, Hey, where do we ship it and whatnot? Once it's in our hands uh, at a, at a certain point, there's, there's no reason to necessarily um, be in contact with them again, unless we're really asking questions. Like if something gets brought up, like, "Uh, you know what, I was reviewing this and, can you clarify me on a specific specification or, Hey, I, I came across something weird in my testing and I just, I want to get in contact to kind of like understand, is this something wrong with the hardware? I mean, I've had plenty of times where like something was broken and I'm like, Hey, I just want to double check. Is this, is this working as intended? You know, so there, there is still communication like that, but uh, there's, there's not really a, uh, a sense that you know people are necessarily leading us you know like hey you should try this or you should try that or you know 
uh, why don't you look at this, but you don't look at that uh, kind of thing. It's uh, usually the, the review or the coverage or whatever we're going to do with it is definitely dictated by what we're doing uh, on the PC world side. Like we handle how we want to cover it. Uh, if yeah. that makes sense. So real quick interjection. Um, mm-hmm. One person in chat said that our, our volumes are too offset so, and then uh, I tried turning down my gain and then I was told by rest of chat that I don't need to do that, but you are coming across a little quietly. So I don't know if you want to just poke Me? up your gain. Yeah. yeah just Adam, a little bit. Being bumped up just a notch. Right. I, I can get louder. You want me to get louder? I can get louder. Oh, I, I think I just went quieter. I, okay. There we go. Yeah, there I, went the wrong you go. I went the wrong way with it. <laughs> All right, chat, let us know how we're doing on volume. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, I'm not too loud now. Adam, down down a notch a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That, that was right. my serious speaking voice, so you know, I, I got a little quieter. He just really well. wants to get that point across. Everyone, pay attention. Yeah. So, yeah. And then we do have an interesting question from Frank. Uh, isn't the uh, ad- advertising department separate from editorial? Uh, y- yes and no, actually, to a certain degree. Yes, uh, it is. I- well, yes. I mean, but there has been times where, like, I've gotten a sponsorship, like when we we got yes, sponsored by Creative is at different. CS. Your role is different. So we should clarify this. So yeah. here's here's the thing about a traditional journalism outlet, and um, I I don't want to immediately throw shade at companies without having been involved in the the situation myself, right? Mm-hmm. But I can see how in a world with influencers, somebody might not honest, automatically make the mental switch between I'm dealing with the journalist versus I'm dealing with an influencer mm-hmm. versus I'm dealing with someone on the editorial side versus the ad side kind of thing. So Adam, as our, our video producer, he has actually has a title of, you know, director of uh, video and photography. I forget your formal title. Yeah, lead video director. Okay. And um, I actually hold the title senior editor. And at a traditional journalism outlet, there is actually a a mentality that goes into this where it's like, okay, I'm on the editorial side. So for me specifically, I'm on the editorial side. I don't, I don't deal specifically with chasing after advertisements. Um, It gets a little weird because in today's environment, most people don't want to pay for their content. So a lot of, a lot of outlets now chase affiliate revenue, right? where we're instructed to put in links that will, you know, bring the company some money for ha- people having clicked and, you know, bought an item. And so my role for a while did specifically kind of straddle that line a little bit where I was helping coordinate that stuff. But again, we are still making our decisions editorially based on the numbers in front of us. And one of the things that I am so grateful for being in tech journalism is that benchmarks don't lie. You know, like I can, you cannot fudge how fast the CPU is because everyone else is going to come out with their numbers too. And so it's going to show very clearly if you've tried to do something that's obviously wrong and biased and not true to the, the results you're getting. Um, when I used to work in video games, it is really hard to, to convince people that, you know, you're, you're on the straight and narrow. You are not just taking money under the table. It's so much harder to prove because you know that being ethical is important to you, but you don't have those hard numbers like you do in tech journalism to, to show that you are doing things the right way. And so, yeah. so when it comes to advertising editorial, there is a fire break between them. 
there is supposed to be that wall where aver- the advertising side sales team goes out and they, they get stuff and they ask, can you do this? And we'll say sometimes, no, that's, that doesn't work for how we operate. And they say, okay. And then they'll go back and, you know, refigure out things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're obviously different because we are a large corporation, uh, you know, of thousands of employees rather than a traditional YouTuber, which is usually one, two, three, maybe, you know, uh, that handle the advertising stuff, affiliate stuff and the editorial stuff. So those lines are even more blurred than ours. You know, uh, traditionally PC world is, or all of the IDG properties have, have been very firewalled. It hasn't been until lately, I would say, you know, within the past uh, handful of years where it's, it's been a little different, you know, I'm, I'm, my role isn't to go out and get money for the company. My role is still more on making videos, editorial videos. Uh, when the opportunity arises, you know, sure. That's, you know, it's, it's something that, that we will look into, you know, the creative thing at, at, at CES. Uh, but that's the, that's the other part of it. As long as you're, you're super upfront about the interactions and what's happening I think we always try to say, hey, you know, if, if I got XYZ uh, laptop in for review, they provided it rather than us buying it because sometimes we, we do have to buy things because uh, we don't get them in for a, a review unit, uh, quote unquote. Uh, there's, um, yeah, so, so, so there's, there's different situations for sure. Um, um, Corbin in YouTube chat brought up a good question, which was, but Tech Team GB is a lot smaller right now. They're at seventy-two thousand uh, subs versus PC Worlds. You know, we've got like two thousand, two hundred thousand plus subs. Almost. Yeah. yeah, and then Gamers Nexus is like almost seven hundred thousand now. I think maybe it's oh, beyond yeah. that. Probably. Um, so does that play a role? And you know, to a degree, I I would imagine that it does because the the larger you are, the harder it is to to push someone into a position where they'll say like and i mean you know, honestly both both steve at gamers nexus and steve at hardware and box covered this as well where they're like you know if you can't if you can't get the the review unit from the company you you have the means to go out and purchase it a lot of the smaller channels don't have that ability and to be completely frank with you all if you care about independent journalism you will support them with your dollars, right? Because that gives them the power to say no to anybody that would try to force them into a shady situation. There is something a little bit strange, you know, about the the power dynamic. And this is me speaking on my own personal opinion. I'm not speaking for PC World at this moment or even the rest of the full nerd. But my personal opinion, I have always thought it's a little strange to have that dependence on a vendor to get, you know, a review sample from them. And that's why some outlets take a lot of pride in the fact that they never take review units. They always purchase them themselves because one, mm-hmm. they guarantee that they're not cherry picked. They're not, um, they're, they're seeing the product the way it, as a, a regular consumer would and so on and so forth. If you want to see that kind of journalism from both small and large outlets, you need to support them with your subscriptions or your donations or however that helps them with their bottom line. And I'm not saying that, and I don't mean that if you're broke and you can't afford to, that I, I want to guilt trip you, but I'm just saying as a general principle, if especially with the smaller outlets out there, if you want to see them be able to survive in the kind of environment where they could get pushed around because of power dynamics, you need to give them the power to push back. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, because there's, I, I, I've seen at least personally, a lot of people be like, 
well, you know, I mean, they wouldn't have got that that piece of gear anyway, so they maybe they'll try to be a little nicer in hopes that they get the, another piece of gear in the future. Uh, you know, I mean, that's I I totally understand how that might be a worry for for smaller channels, and and maybe some people feel that. I mean, we're in the lucky position, PC World, and myself as well. But, but that's not that's not the case, you know, because video actually in the larger scheme of things is actually a small part of what we do at PC world and, and at IDG as a whole, as a company. So, you know, um, it, it, it's yeah. kind of a whole different power dynamic. You know, we yeah. like, if, if we stopped making videos today, or even if we put up one video a month on PC world, you know, we would still have a job. We would still be working on, on other yeah. things We're uh, lucky. where somebody on YouTube, that's, that's their livelihood, you know? So it's, I can see how it's totally harder. I, I feel lucky once again, like I said, I, you know, I wouldn't have known a lot of these, these things too, uh, without working with, with the fine folks, you know, Melissa, Gordon, Brad, Elena, a lot of times, you know, if, if I have like just recently, you know, I I had a a review where I was like, Hey, I had a problem with this unit. Uh, you know, how should I mention it in the review? They did Mm -hmm. provide me a second unit to kind of cross reference. Mm -hmm. How do I bring that up in the review just to kind of be, you know, uh, forward with the, the people who are understanding, you know, so like, for me, I'm constantly trying to learn and check myself and ask questions of people who know and have been doing this way longer than I have. Uh, so everyone's been patient with me uh, as as I learn that. And yeah, that's it's great. <laughs> uh, so also, I wanted to follow up, not directly to what you just said, but on what I had just said. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I will address what you just said in a second, not to just completely ignore you. But I, I forgot to note that in my opinion, 70,000, 72,000 subscribers is not a small number either. So the fact that, I mean, the fact that um, that particular channel came out and said something and laid it bare is impressive because that takes guts to do. Oh, yeah. But at 70,000, you still have enough reach and power to do that. I don't know if if you were at 5,000 or 7,000 subs if it would necessarily carry the same weight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is, which is why I say, and somebody asked also in chat, you know, uh, do subs means magazine subscriptions. And I think that was a slight, a slight tease there. I just mean subscriptions in general. So whether that's, you know, somebody's Patreon, somebody's YouTube subscriptions, whether, whether for us, it's, you know, either, um, well, I guess it's only magazine subscriptions. Cause well, we, we do have do. a digital magazine subscription. That's true. We do. <laughs> um, uh, I guess for us, Twitch subscriptions are a thing, but we, yeah. we don't really pay too much attention to that yet on yeah. video for <laughs> various reasons right now. We we appreciate though all your support. So yeah, basically the smaller outlet, the more support they need from their community, in my opinion, if you want to make sure that they they make it in a independent journalism kind of manner. All right. Uh, to get to your point too, that it is these ethics are a learned thing. Like learning so I actually had to, this is like a small segue, but I actually had to look up recently the difference between morals and ethics. And basically morals are um, like your general principles that you kind of adhere to, what you feel is right and wrong in a general sense. Whereas ethics are kind of like the uh, prescribed things that are okay and not okay in a hmm. specific society or group, right? And like they're, okay. they're so hard baked into the group that, you know, it's it's the majority would understand what a violation of ethics in that context is. Um, that's my understanding of it. So 
it's interesting though, that it's, it's a learned thing though. Right. So like you, you had to go through the process of learning, like, how do I best address this so that I handle this fairly so that everybody involved in this process feels like that they got their fair shake, right? They got their due, but without compromising your own principles, which is again, to make sure that you are reporting accurately the experience that you've had. Actually a good point in that because, um, I, one of my previous uh, jobs that I worked at, my, my moral values were higher than the ethical values of the company, and that did not jive. Uh, so that's why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> so, you know. Getting real on this podcast. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, you know, as a, as a creative, uh, you know, because I mean, it, it goes beyond tech journalism, you know, as a photographer, as a video professional, you know, there are definitely definitely lines both personally and uh professionally so <laughs> uh yeah it's 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 an interesting topic like i said I, I definitely think we should bring this up again with brad and gordon because i mean they've been around for so long mm-hmm. and and especially you know uh brad or gordon has been you know in so many different publishing outlets i i would love to actually hear like the ethics differences between you know if he can talk about some of them, the the differences between all the different outlets he's worked for uh, and whatnot. So it's, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, thing is too, is possible spoiler alert. I don't think Gordon's going to actually have much dirt to dish because where you work, you know, is a, is, yeah, a, is yeah. a choice and, you know, Gordon has such integrity that I don't think he'd ever choose to work for a place that violated that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying like he worked somewhere that was, you know, having to do bad things. <laughs> I, I just meant, you know, like, well, because I mean, there are some companies that that take a hard line of like, we will never take money for going to uh, a a pre-briefing or some sort of mm-hmm. event. We right? won't take travel expenses, like reimbursement. Yeah, like for like hard expenses. line, no matter what, we will not take that money. You know, uh, and there's obviously some YouTubers that that that's the only way they can get there uh, is that you know uh, it is the the travel is provided. So it's you know like there's those kind of lines. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> actually kyle in youtube chat points out very rightly that gordon pays for windows so i think that tells you a lot about what kind of person he is <laughs> i mean like i'm not making fun of him when i say this like i think it's actually a really great small detail yeah. that tells you a lot about his character right yeah for sure you know i mean uh, <laughs> you know i mean we all have our, our different moral stuff too i mean like you know for me piracy i've always been kind of you know uh, i think more hardline than a, than a lot of people uh so yeah it's you know it's it's interesting it's interesting topic i actually think it's something we we should we should have you know more discussions on like have more people on uh you know interviews and stuff like that because it's it's definitely a big thing uh anyway yeah so there's a lot a lot of deep talk you know So, well, uh, I think we'll leave it at there for now because we do have a lot of questions to get to. But again, just yeah. another great example of the kind of stuff we get asked. And we're sorry it takes us so long to get to the questions sometimes. <laughs> but then the news comes up during the week and we end up talking about that for a long time. And it's like, oh, shoot, right. we got to go in 15 minutes. We try to cram in some questions. Well, yeah, I mean, people are asking, why aren't we talking about the Ampere, you know, uh, announcement on, was it September 1st or, you know, the, well, the countdown? Yeah, uh, that's a... Uh, 
They haven't. The, so the notification I got, the the official one that goes out to I think the general public, didn't say mm. specifically it was about. Just to reserve the date that they're going to mm. have an announcement on September first. Yeah, uh, people asking why we're not covering that. I mean, that's you know, yeah, we're you know, we're the half nerd, so you know, yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna leave that to Brad when he comes back from vacation. <laughs> exactly, uh, and also thank you, Frank PDX forty two gave us twenty dollars. Oh dang, for, thank for you for lunch thank and you. said keep pushing back. Thank you. We really appreciate it. This wasn't, we weren't trying to bring this up to be like, hey, you should help support us. Like, this is not a, a plea for it. Well, I thought they had to go to lunch. It was just oh, like. Oh, got to go to lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I read it wrong. Uh, They're not buying us. Hard to, that would, to that would go against, yeah. that would go against the whole point of the, uh, the support. There you go. Uh, <laughs> oh, also, uh, e- e- Evocity Productions. Oh, that is uh, true is five dollars uh they have a question did you guys tease a special guest uh last week for this week yes we did we we had a, a special guest lined up from the irregular corporation who is the developer of uh pc building simulator uh we were actually all set to do it yesterday and unfortunately you know brad is uh brad is off and then gordon got sucked into some uh some work stuff so we decided to kind of postpone it so yeah we're, we're working with with uh with them again to try to, to figure to set out a it new up. time mm-hmm. yeah so sorry about that it, it, yeah we, we were excited to have them on we, we we still want them on uh so uh, you know we're we're working through that and that's why this week ended up being a okay well let's do a half nerd uh, <laughs> <laughs> the cats busy. are away the mice are going to play exactly exactly but um yeah let's let's uh head over to some some more q a i'm gonna actually while you're looking that up real quick i'm gonna slip in one follow-up question to the last topic from youtube frame chasers wants to know uh what do you guys think is the best way for new tech tubers to avoid the corporate boogeyman um i'm not entirely sure how you mean corporate boogeyman in this context if you're at a keyboard if you could drop that in real quick because i don't know if you mean like uh, the situation with MSI in terms of that corporation or dealing with the fact that you're going to have competition from like larger corporation type outlets, whether that's actually places like, I'm going to say it, The Verge uh, or Engadget or us, PC um, Mag, or if you mean the tech tubers have gotten so large, they actually do run many corporations. Yeah, I mean, Linus has a huge operation. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to guess they meant, you know, the, these kind of situations like with uh, MSI oh, yeah, or he, as outlined. Uh, he just yeah, did yeah. say, yeah, MSI. Um, so here's the thing. My, my personal recommendation is that report things that you know that you can back fact, factually. Like you never want to tread into a space where they can get you for like libel or slander. Right, where if you start editorializing to a point where you're saying things that cannot be actually factually proven, if you stick to the facts where you say, like, this board did not allow me to overclock to this degree despite their claims, and I had reached out to them about that, they sent me a second board, I still was not able to reproduce this this thing they told me that I should be able to do, here's my testing methodology, and you're super transparent and clear about how you got there then I, I think that you you should be able to withstand, you know, a, a takedown request. Excuse me. I mean, the problem with being small, though, is, of course, if they threaten you with legal action, you have to lawyer up yourself. That becomes a problem because they can afford to throw the money at that and you can't. But again, they don't. 
my opinion is that smart corporations, which are corporations that are large enough to have lawyers, in-house lawyers, are going to know that they can't go around or they shouldn't be going around threatening small outlets over things that are factually like provable because they will spark the whole David and Goliath, David and Goliath kind of thing. And they're going to get people turning against them. So my, my recommendation is that if you're trying to get started, just try to be completely fair and factual and report the truth, you know, save the editorializing and the grand statements for when you feel that you can, back it up with facts still but know that you can also defend yourself more adequately if someone tries to get aggressive legally speaking and i'm assuming that this is we're talking about the u.s where it's a very litigious society and you can sue anybody at a drop of a hat yeah and i'll say actually i mean i you know there are uh there are even different ethics uh you know based in other parts of the world too it's uh, uh it is has been interesting to to see kind of things fluctuate uh, and then the legalities around it too. So yeah. So anyway, uh, questions. We questions. we have some some good questions. Uh, you had pulled some on, uh, on the list. Should should we start with that? Sure. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's do that. But we have also have some awesome new ones from uh, from the Discord. Uh, we've got a lot of good questions. Where would you like me to start? Should I start with my list? Yeah, let's start with the list. Yeah. Okay. All right, so uh, I'm going to do... The, we, we just had a very heavy topic, so I'm going to do a fun one. Thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm asking this one because I don't actually know the answer to it. I'm hoping to offload it to chat. <laughs> so um, uh, known as VC Jester on YouTube, but Reverend Jester on Discord wants to know, <laughs> what's the difference between a hot dish and a casserole? And I, I only know about hot dishes and casseroles because I was visiting the Midwest for a while because I had some friends out there. And I think hot dishes are a thing out in the Midwest, but nobody while I was there was adequately able to adequately explain to me what actually distinguishes a hot dish and a casserole. So to my West Coast like experience they seem to be the same thing and i don't think that's the case and i need somebody who's actually from the midwest or knows about this to explain this to me i think i think if you're if you're in minnesota a casserole is a a hot dish that's what i thought that's what i thought but they keep saying it's different and i don't know if it's like the ingredients that go into it because they described what like the typical hot dish was and i i don't know if i'm being like an elite coastal snob but i was like that does not sound appetizing to me well actually uh willis chime in if if you know the difference because you're a foodie uh, uh, i, I but... mean what what's the actual like definition of a hot dish itself isn't it just like a the meal itself is is a hot dish and then the casserole it's... is technically just the the name of the dish itself right well it's no it's like you just it's like you take a lasagna dish like yeah. a glass pan yeah, and you yeah. just like it's like basically the american version of lasagna is my understanding but you just use very different ingredients obviously right where i think it's like canned campbell's soup over i don't know i don't even know what goes (laughs) into a casserole this is not this is not within my (laughs) of my understanding yeah i I have no idea i just i i I always thought it was interchangeable just based on where you are in (laughs) 
chat does not seem all that uh, i mean i should give him a second to catch up but chat does not seem particularly interested in answering this question <laughs> and i think that uh, uncle elias on twitch is uh, being a bit of a jokester and saying that a hot dish is a casserole for people who can't spell casserole. <laughs> you know, if you put a gun to my head, I don't think I could spell casserole either. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, um, I guess we'll do some more research and come back. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just know they're that. baked, right? You just pour ingredients in there and you bake it. That's why I say that it's like the American isn't the casserole baked version too? of uh, lasagna. Yeah. So we'll find out. And there's layers and yeah. something. We'll find out. Alright. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> um what is also from VC Jester, what would your superhero name be? And I want to include Willis on this question, because I want to know. <laughs> what was that? Was what that? would your superhero name be? Oh. <laughs> Adam, what's yours? <laughs> We <laughs> just keep passing the ball here because we're all trying to think of it. Superhero name. Uh, uh, cameraman. Just kidding. Yeah, cameraman. <laughs> I haven't thought of that before. Oh, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, my wife's superhero's name is uh, Pink Lightning. Ooh. Oh, I like it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, because she, she has pink hair. So yeah. Oh, it's good. It's a great <laughs> name. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I should have thought of this one ahead of time. I actually, I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> All right. Maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll come back to this question at the end after we've had some time to ponder right. it. Hmm. Yeah, Lindsay, you got to think of a, a superhero name for me. Oh, right, she, you can't yeah. offload it to her. <laughs> and and one for BB. One for BB, too. <laughs> yeah, BB. Oh. She's the queen. <laughs> the queen. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to back to some slightly more serious questions. So, mm. uh, uh, DJ Brug from dis- our Discord uh, server wanted to know, and I'm sorry if you've been dealing with this problem this whole time because they asked this question at the end of July, and I just didn't see it until now. But uh, they wanted to know, has anyone experienced blue screens with the Halo Master Chief Collection installed from the Microsoft Store? It happens every time I play, even on performance video settings um, set to 1080p, 60 frames per second. I have a custom-built Ryzen 2700X uh, with a 660 Ti, 64 gigs of 3200 RAM, an NVMe SSD boot drive, and a storage drive for the game. I thought it could be overheating, but I can play Jedi Fallen Order on Mac settings for hours with no issue. The operating system is Windows 10 home version, uh, 1909 build 18363.959, and the latest GeForce driver optimized for the game. So I actually did some research looking into this because I have downloaded and played the Microsoft Store version, the uh, UWP version of um, Master Chief Collection. And I will say in general, this game has always been a little buggy. Um, so I'm assuming that you probably fixed this problem already. But if you haven't, my Google's uh, results searches, or sorry, search results. Wow, I'm, I'm really tired today. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Um, suggest that you should see if you, if you, when you have like an actual crash, if you can look at like the logs for that, if there's like a crash dump log somewhere, you can kind of see what the error is. And it does seem to suggest some kind of like video driver issue, not maybe 
specifically related to the latest GeForce drivers that you've installed, but there could be some driver conflict issue where you had a previous program installed and like when it was uninstalled, uh, like it's registry entry or something else in the operating system left behind some kind of trace that is causing this conflict. So I would start there with your search if you haven't been able to get it to work yet. Cool. Thank you. Handy tips. Also, <laughs> random plug. If you're also, if you're having problems with connecting in multiplayer for Master Chief, um, sorry, Halo Master Chief Collection. I did. I wrote up a how-to on PC World for all the troubleshooting steps to try mm -hmm. to get it to work because it's a bit of a rabbit hole searching. So I thought I would just do a you know reader service type thing and just collect it all in one spot to make it easier to get it sorted because. Oh man, it's annoying. Mm -hmm. It's the worst freaking Toreto service bridging yeah. the gap between IPv4 and IPv6. <laughs> Can't it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like it's like USB A and USB C ports. Like, can we just finally migrate all to USB C and be done with it? Like, it's mm. kind of like the same thing with IP <laughs> um, yeah. protocols. Just Legacy. all go to IPv6, please. <laughs> Gordon would say legacy. You don't want to throw anyone off the boat, Elena. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Good, <laughs> good question. Actually, I'm, I'm going to pull one from, uh, from recently. Okay. Uh, MC was asking today, uh, has Adam started Babylon 5 yet? When is ah. the Adam React stream? Uh, funny note, we've, uh, Elena did find a good deal for me. Thank you. Uh, I purchased it. Uh, nice. And then and then was confused why it was just only an SD. And then Elena <laughs> sent me an article as the, the sad past of uh, the digital conversions of Babylon 5. Oh, so it's the worst. That's, that is sad. That's, uh, yeah. Anyway, I have it on hand. I haven't started watching it, uh, and, but we have talked about what we're going to do. Uh, so we have some plans uh, to do it. It's probably not going to start for the next couple weeks, though. Uh, so, yeah, don't worry. We're, we're, we're going to be doing it. Uh, and more more on information on that soon i'm i'm curious to watch it so yeah <laughs> yeah so we're, we're probably going to try to i'm going to watch it with him like the same number of episodes at the same time just to one refresh my memory and give me an excuse to you know go down memory lane in uh, watching all of it but we'll probably talk about it and we'll probably record our discussion about it so we'll <laughs> in, some, in some factor yeah mm -hmm. no uh, yeah um and then uh, this is a, a kind of a cool one from Rare. Uh, can you tell a story about what got you interested in computers? Do you have any role models uh, when it comes to nerddom? I thought this was kind of a fun one. Ooh. Uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, when I was young, we, we had a computer. I think uh, like 91 was when we got our first computer. I, I don't really remember what it was. To tell you the truth, I, I just remember loading up, uh, you know, some some computer games and <laughs> trying to learn DOS, the very basics of DOS uh, command prompts. Um, so I, back then, even though I used a computer early, I, you know, and even through high school, I I wouldn't say I was into computers yet. I was into electronics for sure, but not necessarily the computers. It wasn't until later in my life that I kind of got into computers. Uh, and I mean, I've said this before, one of my, one of my influencers, not influencer, that's probably the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> Can't say, use role that models. anymore yeah. in a modern context. Yeah. One of my uh, role models was Gordon. I, I 
remember picking up a Maximum PC magazine and, and reading it and, you know, and then later listening to the Maximum PC podcast. Uh, it, it was funny, actually. I, I knew somebody, or I still know them, who used to produce the audio uh, for the Maximum PC podcast. And I was just like, oh, that sounds cool. So I started listening to that. I started listening to the uh, uh, GFW and uh, 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 GFW radio a podcast from the one up network. I, I was a big one up guy when it come to came to games. Uh, they were games for windows live, but before that they were uh, something else. CGW uh, computer gaming world, I think anyway. Like, uh, so that, that was kind of cool to hear the, the, the gaming side of it and be like, Oh wow. PCs are, are better than consoles. I should try this at one point. So I was into PCs for years before I built my first one, uh, had the money or the, uh, <laughs> or the know how to do it and then honestly some of the the pc builds that, that i watched were from tested back when you know will smith and norman chan were doing more you know pc related content uh and doing like builds and stuff i, I remember building my first pc along with one of their build videos uh i think even one of them had um somebody who used to write for pc world as well uh oh man and I, now i can't remember his name he lives in the bay area He's a cool guy never met him uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I luckily I, I get to to work with Gordon, so <laughs> one of my one of my idols. <laughs> I know it's like oh, we just end on that warm fuzzy note. I don't think the rest of us could hold a candle to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, what got started got me started on the path with tech was just that. Um, honestly, I think uh, I think the fact that my dad is a mechanic uh, just naturally kind of primed my brain to be interested in technical type things. But um, I guess I'm kind of a, a, like a, a priss in some ways, so to speak, where it's just like, I don't want to work on cars because I'm too lazy to like constantly have to clean the grease off, you know, because it gets messy working on cars. And so my dad tried to teach me about cars and stuff, but I was just like, and like, I don't want to have to deal with all of that. And the idea that I could lose my hand if I have it inserted somewhere at the wrong time or that the car could follow me if I don't have the jack set up properly, that just seems like too much danger. <laughs> um, and my dad wanted to foster like an interest in computers because he kind of felt that that was, you know, the future. So he would subscribe to magazines and things and, you know, try to get me to read them. And I found it very interesting. So I think I ended up, you know, my, my natural interest in how things work and, you know, putting things together and taking them apart kind of shifted that direction just because it's for quote unquote cleaner, so to speak, because I'm just too dang lazy to deal with cleaning my hands and dealing with coveralls. I think maybe it was the coveralls that did it for mm. me because I hate being warm. Like I have bad memories of onesies <laughs> as a kid. It, you know what? That's a good point, though. I, I I hate greasy stuff. Like I don't even like <laughs> lotion. It's just like the feel of it, and I hate when my hands get pruny. Uh, like uh, you know, being in the water for too long. I just like one of my total pet peeves. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. So but my my dad was also an engineer. Uh, you know, for oh. communication stuff, and then later for uh, a military contractor. But yeah, so I, the engineer uh, parents probably helps too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's where it got started. And then it was fostered by, I mean, I actually, I worked in video games for a very long time. I'm actually quite new to tech journalism, relatively speaking, especially compared to, you know, my colleagues here at PC World. Um, so a lot of my, my colleagues were, I, I mean, inspiration might be a very, very strong word for it, but I would definitely say role models, 
people that I look up to, people that I would like to emulate. Um, I, I used to work a feature. Uh, I used to work at official Xbox magazine. So I was working in parallel, like literally like next door to the, the cubes for like maximum PC and all of that. And so every now and then I would like sneak over and look at their stuff or kind of bounce questions off them as I was reviewing, you know, accessories and other things like that for, for, you know, our audience, the console audience, you know, over time I learned things because they were always willing to answer my questions. So that's how I learned about overclocking and, you know, what CLC loops were. And, you know, I think I did something repetitive, you know, what an AIO cooler is. Uh, different case materials, you know, just like things like that. And they took me under their wing. And so both people in person and, you know, working with freelancers like Paul Lilly, who I look up to a lot, is, you know, his coverage is fantastic. So I've, I've been very blessed in my associations. Nice. Nice. Um, got I'm a, gonna, uh, I'm going to insert something real quick please, just go for it. before we get yeah. too far. Um, so in response to DJ Brugg's question, uh, somebody in chat, I think it was Evil Cotty Productions and also Uncle Elias, uh, mentioned that uh, to help with that blue screen issue, uh, two things helped. So the first is to turn off Rivatuner. I don't know. That sounds like a, some kind of production type uh, software. Um, and number two was to use uh, DDU or Display Driver Uninstaller to remove display drivers and then reinstall them. And that helped with the problem. So I think if I've seen DJ Brug show up before in our questions, and I think they're a video producer type person. So it could be that, you know, one of those pieces of software is causing that software, like that, that conflict. Cause I am guessing Riva tuner is related to production. No, it's actually MSI afterburner. It's, oh, it's, it's okay. part of that package. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, so then, yeah, look into that. See if that helps. Yeah, Thanks I mean, for the input chat. God, I, I remember one time I was troubleshooting something and they said uh, running the uh, Adobe Creative Cloud uh, software was like like borking some video or some, some game. And so, yeah, like I closed it and then the game ran fine. Like, <laughs> sometimes just things just don't play well. Oh, boy. Yeah, so <laughs> that was also one of the solutions that I had to come up with for the, the networking problems related to Master Chief Collection. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. Um, here's kind of a fun one from a uh, Reverend gesture, a uh, friend of the show. Uh, what's the weirdest fact that you know? Oh, I, I'm so or, bad or at one these. of the most interesting facts. Let's, let's, you know, I, 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 let's do either. It's like the superhero name question where it's like, <laughs> if you ask me immediately on the spot. Like, I, I, I don't know the like answer to this. I'd have to, I'd have to really think about it. Some people are so good where they can say things like, did you know this caterpillar has this happened to them at this stage in life? And I, I don't have those things off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, Willis, uh, you're a fountain of knowledge. No. <laughs> you're turn on the hot seat. Uh, uh, <laughs> same as Elena. I'm going to pass it to Adam. <laughs> Just, I, I need to think about this. <laughs> also, I'll say it's, it's not the weirdest because, yeah, I, I can't necessarily think of something weird, but uh, the, one of the more interesting things that, that I remember learning about in uh, audio engineering school was resonant frequencies. It's like one of my favorite topics to, to kind of dig into. And you, you know how there's that whole thing of like an opera singer shattering a glass with her voice, right? You know, he, 
like that whole shtick thing or, or like, you know, being able to, being able to, to lick a finger and, and rub it across the top of a glass and you hear that hum. Uh, uh, and it's actually the same property that, that has to do with why records sound better than, uh, than CDs or, or um, record by records. I mean, vinyls uh, sound better than CDs and stuff is that they're, uh, every living thing works at a, the molecules vibrate at a certain frequency. So when you match that frequency, uh, you can actually uh, shatter it. So, you know, like the, the glass is vibrating, the molecules are vibrating at a certain frequency that the, the uh, opera singer hits the, the same exact note and then it shatters. Uh, on the other end of the scale, there's also something called the brown note. I don't know if you've heard or not where, you know, there, there's certain really low, really low frequencies that if you hit, it's supposed to just make you crap yourself on the spot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I yeah. thought that's where you were going when you said something about how something in your face and your toe when you said brown. I was like, oh, I feel like I know where this is going. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah. So, you know, records, uh, the reason why records sound better isn't necessarily because of the frequencies that we can hear, but because of the frequencies we can feel. So a, you know, CD quality audio was determined to be 16 bit, you know, 44, one kilohertz. So, you know, they, they tried to constrain it in what a typical normal human could hear. Right. Cause they were like, well, if we add all this extra information outside of the normal hearing range, then we're wasting digital space. So okay. let's just constrain it to that. And the thing is with vinyl is that because it's analog, it actually still has those frequencies uh, that that you can't hear, but you, you your body actually feels. Uh, so you know when people say, "Oh, it just it just feels warmer," uh, or that you know I, I'm 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 getting more of like a, a a feeling out of the music out of vinyl than a CD. Like it it is actually a, a scientific thing. It's not just some you know person be like, "Oh yeah, vinyl is just so much better than CD." Uh, oh, interesting. So, yeah, yeah, that's that res- resonant frequencies. Uh, that's one of my favorite things I, I cool. studied. <laughs> okay, so um, chat's actually throwing in some of their own weirdest facts that they know. I think they're worth some of them are worth uh, repeating uh, on the stream here. Uh, my my contribution is not like the most absolute fascinating thing ever, but I found it personally quite interesting because I didn't know this. Um, so one of my friends who's an engineer mentioned to me that humidity influences how how much of a danger static discharge is likely to be while you're building a PC. And I didn't know this before. So they were saying that if the humidity is 40% or lower, then you have a much more likelihood of the dryness allowing an actual spark or you know to happen from the you know friction given how dry the environment is. Whereas if you're over 40%, you'd have to work much harder to create that situation. And even then it probably wouldn't happen to a degree that would cause, you know, complete frying. And I, I didn't realize that because they said, Oh, because they were pointing out that, you know, something like a gamer's Nexus mod mat really only does its intended purpose if you ground it properly. So you have to ground the mat and then you have to ground yourself to the mat. And if you just if you don't do that and you just roll it out, you just have basically a decoration underneath <laughs> your underneath your your build. 
Sometimes so that's fancy when I, decoration. Yeah. So that's when I got into asking, okay, like, so what's the distinguishing factor? Like, what, what do you need to do? And of course, you, know, you can do discharging by touching metal and things like that before you start working in a case if you don't have like a proper, you know, system for grounding yourself. But they also noted that they weren't too worried specifically because they live in an area where the humidity was 55%. And so, you know, as long as they're not like on carpet, I guess, doing this friction rub constantly, it's not really as much of a problem. I thought that was cool. I had no idea. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, fun stuff all around. Uh, yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, I actually, I, I went to school for audio engineering. That's, that's kind of my background. Then I got into, from audio, I got into video and then, you know, uh, and then photography and kind of, you know, I'll stem from there, uh, which um, brings me to another question uh, from Duke Nukem. Oh, wait, out your can, we, can we share a couple oh. things from chat yeah, about please. what they Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do want to hear some of these. They're pretty so good. So I don't know if this is true. We'll have to we'll, we'll have to qualify that we don't know if some of these are actual fact <laughs> or if chat's just trolling us. But uh, Matthew Lang on YouTube uh, says that, did you know that car horns are tuned to the key of F? I did mm. not know that. If that's true, I will have to look that up. Yeah. But uh, I, I, except I, for the ones that play La Cucaracha, <laughs> 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 those are my favorite kind of ones. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and Boria Zero on YouTube says that the weirdest fact that they know is if your gut bacteria is badly unbalanced due to illness or a bad diet, one of the treatments is a poo transplant. You get poo from a healthy donor introduced into your system to help balance it out. And I actually I, did know I've that. Actually, heard of that as, a, as well. Yeah. Which sounds disgusting, but it's science. It, it's supposed to do like wonders for people who have like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or even Crohn's disease. I think I might be getting the actual condition wrong, but they were saying mm. that it's like a it's a major breakthrough for people who like suffer daily, you know, from ranging from indignant indignancies all the way up to like actual pain and other problems. So nice. Any more any more random bits of knowledge? Corbin Corbin just brought up one that I on YouTube brought up something that I think is funny because my parents used to joke about this with me when I was young and I was like is it true and I thought it was true like the way you think Santa is true until I was about seven or eight and I was like wait this can't be true (laughs) and it's um seven percent of American adults believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows really (laughs) I mean I mean come on like I mean like the problem is so this is one of the thing problems I have with people who tease where it's like they get a rise out of the fact that they're playing on your your their willingness to trust you. So you're they're, you're basically violating your their your their trust in you so that you can pull one over them. <laughs> and I just think that's mean. Like like someone genuinely asks you like is this true and you're like, "Oh yeah, for sure." And it's like, "Why would you just set them straight?" Like <laughs> It's a cute <laughs> joke, but you know, that's funny <laughs> All right, um yeah on, on to another uh uh oh um oh yeah yeah we already talked about that uh let's see um ziv friend of the show ziv uh says i'm thinking of setting up a camera lighting and possibly a light box to take better photography of computers and projects they're working on highly uh recommended um 
Any tips on equipment recommendations? Looking to keep it low budget around 2000 max, including uh, a mirrorless camera. Mm. Um, number one, that's awesome. Definitely, uh, definitely think you should get into it. And also, I mean, for 2000, yeah, dude, you, you can get some, you can get some nice equipment uh, for sure. You know, you, you can, you can do wonders with, uh, yeah. with, with a $2,000 budget uh, oh, yeah. for all that kind of stuff. Um, Funny enough, I, I've, I've actually uh, was helping recently uh, somebody on our Discord. <clears throat> excuse me, um, look for a mirrorless camera option. So, so I have I have talked about this. <clears throat> uh, I think it also depends, you know, how much uh, if if you're interested in video at all, uh, or if it's just photography, uh, because you know that a lot of people have those kind of considerations of, you know, should I get something a little bit more video centric? You know, some things are more f- photography centric. Uh, and then also, you know, like what kind of stuff are you shooting? At least he knows what kind of stuff, uh, that he has, uh, to shoot, which is product photography, which is, you know, pretty static. Sounds like he wants to get lighting, you know, so something that works good in the studio. So, uh, without getting too in depth, I would say Ziv, why don't you, you message me on discord and we can get into some more particulars, but I mean, there's amazing mirrorless cameras out there. You know, Sony has the, the A line, which is their their uh, APS-C uh, crop sensor line. Uh, I'm a big fan of Fujifilm. Uh, Olympus uh, has, is a, is a trusted you know source for for a lot of that stuff. Even though they're they're kind of being sold, their camera division is being sold, so it's a little iffy. Canon stuff is mm, kind of hit or miss when it comes to to, to mirrorless stuff uh, in the the lower end range. Um, but yeah, I mean even Sony makes really good. Um, uh, uh, non-mirrorless cameras you know the the rx 100 line is is awesome uh so definitely something to look into but i mean if you're going to be in a studio where you need to trigger flash you'll probably want like a, a hot shoe so uh that's probably consideration too but yeah it's 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 fun you know it, it's a creative endeavor and a, it's something that you can start off with you know messing around with on your phone you know and kind of moving up from there uh yeah so yeah i Honestly, just from having gone through this myself, um, I honestly would start just experimenting with figuring out your space using the stuff you have on hand. So like you can use your smartphone, uh, probably throw on like Droid Cam or another app or if you're iOS, there's a couple apps for that as well. And, you know, just basically figure out like I think you said you're getting overhead, right? So like figure out like how much of a distance do you like like how, how tight do you want to zoom in and that'll help you figure out like the actual you know uh, like mounting arms and positions like if you want a certain kind of desk space like and then given that space you can figure out the lights you want to get for it and how best to light that and so on and so forth so I, I would actually before you buy the equipment almost like do like some rough mocking up of how you envision the space to be so that you can buy the right equipment for, for that amount of cash you're going to throw down. Definitely. Definitely. I like it. Uh, you got another one from your document while I look something up real quick. (laughs) Um, uh, I, I pulled a lot of, uh, VC jester slash Reverend jester questions. Cause sometimes they're just so off the wall that I, I kind of love it, He's but got I'm pretty going good, to like off topic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm actually going to skip that in favor of one of our other regulars on discord, which is a uh, vegetable stew. And uh, they said, oddball question. 
how would you rate the first half of 2020 in PC tech? So this is out of a 10-point scale. Um, I honestly don't feel like it's fair to tech in 2020 to rate anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a rough first half of the year in terms of production and being able to meet targets and other things like that. And there's just this gigantic extenuating circumstance in the background that I don't know. I just, I'd rather wait till the end of the year before I would make any calls like that. Also, I mean, there's so many things that we saw at CES that like, you know, either didn't ship or haven't shipped, you know, like, Oh, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, I would give it, kind of low scores but it's not because of the pc tech's fault (laughs) yeah exactly uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um on a slightly lighter note as you as you go through more questions adam and by the way there are some good ones piling up in youtube jet (laughs) um eek 44 also known as zorglub wants to know um So they said, I'm making pulled pork this weekend. This was several weekends ago, but the question still stands. I'm making pulled pork this weekend. What are you all having? What are you going to have this week? I feel like Willis should be the first to answer this because he is a master chef. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he he, he cooks, so. (laughs) I cook a lot just just uh, because some of you may know uh, my dad used to be a chef. And so I... I learned a lot. He didn't like teach me, teach me, but I would kind of learn on the sideline just because he has a giant wok in the backyard. So he would cook in the backyard all the time with the giant wok. And then my neighbors would say, smell it. They wouldn't complain. They just say, they would just peek over and be like, oh, what you cooking today? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, to this, this week or tonight, I'm, I'm actually going to plan to cook curry, uh, Japanese curry. Ooh, oh yeah i i love that there are so many varieties of curry in the world because yes. <laughs> i feel like there's there's a type out there for everyone right so like chinese curry is like thinner and lighter mm-hmm. japanese curry has that like nice thick like it's perfect for a cold day kind oh, yeah. of texture to it <laughs> and then indian curries are kind of in between a little bit closer to Japanese for heaviness. And then you have Thai curries, which are like, have that more like that, um, that kind of almost butteriness that comes from the coconut. Yeah. yeah so much, mm-hmm. so much out there. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, some... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I don't, I don't cook. Uh, I'm not much of a cooker. I can, I can make a couple things, but yeah, <laughs> my, uh, I'm lucky enough that, that Lindsay is, is an amazing chef <laughs> in her own right so wait willis you're gonna do it from scratch right you're not gonna do like the cheap thing i do which is buy those still admittedly quite good box curries i tried cooking from scratch it, it it takes a lot more time definitely so the easiest way really is just to buy the the, the box um uh, curry uh, mix, but you know I throw in a lot of ingredients as well, so th- those take up a, a little bit of time, and then a little bit of like herbs and um, oh, uh, some secrets like secret you can like if you don't want to add too much water, you can actually try adding more sake into like dry sake Ooh. into the curry, and that adds Ooh. a little bit of like the uh, sake like you know rice fermented like flavor into it. So Ooh. that's just huh. neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Good tip. Pro tip right there. <laughs> and honestly, well, it's no shame in doing box curry because the thing about Japan is that they don't 
half-ass anything. Oh, yeah. So even their box foods, their convenience store foods, it's all freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, off to something else very uh, nerdy, and I, I won't spend too much time with it, but a, 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 a Vocati Productions gave us $5. Uh, sounds like they're also an audio production. Sorry if you'd already mentioned that, but... Uh, this is uh, actually a good question. Uh, asking about my favorite preamps for, for vocals. Uh, honestly, the the school that I went to had a lot of analog stuff. They they were one of the last schools to still inch uh, record to two inch analog tape. Uh, I half of the program was was working on on analog analog setups before we even switched to digital and learned Pro Tools and all that stuff. So uh, I was I loved that school. Awesome school. Uh, the uh, conservatory recording arts and sciences it, it was such a good program uh but in, in specifically for for uh, preamps and i'll say even for compressors uh, i was always a big fan of universal audio the la610 uh, and the 1176 uh, for compressors like something about the warmth uh, that those, those tubes bring like i oh man if i if i just had that I would and my my uh, Electro Voice RE twenty like oh man I would just be in heaven. Uh, I wish we had the budget for these these preamps in our in our studio, but a little more pricey. Uh, and also I I learned on both SSL and Neve um, uh, uh, boards. Uh, I'll say that they they were they were actually boards. The boards that we learned on were purchased from old recording studios. So one of the SSO boards we had uh, recorded a bunch of uh, metallic albums. One of the the Neve uh, boards that, that we learned on uh, recorded Radiohead's OK Computer. So it was kind of cool to just be in front of these mixing consoles that had like history, you know, of uh, amazing musicians being recorded on them and then handed down kind of, you know. Uh, to people who are learning audio, uh, I've always been a big fan of SSL. Like I even use the the Waves SSL uh, plugins. Uh, just yeah, they, that's that's a, nothing nothing against Neve, but SSL has always been my kind of jam. So uh, that's my two cents. There you go. <laughs> we we can talk offline more about audio production <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, join the Discord server and then you can bring it up in one of the one of the channels there. Definitely. Um, here's, here's John, John Dokic, uh, is asking for gamers and PC users are NVMe drives overrated. I mean, overrated is, I think, overstating it. Honestly, I, I would say that as a gamer, you're, you're not going to notice that much performance drop by using a SATA SSD, but I definitely think, I mean, it's hard to say for like general PC users and it's such a broad category. So, I mean, if it's like your relative that's only browsing the web, no, they're not really going to make the most of it. So you can save cash and just get a standard even 2.5 inch SATA SSD. But I think there's definitely people who appreciate the faster read write speeds of NVMe. So if you're moving around a lot of files, especially a lot of large files, depending on, you know, how well that drive, particularly how that well does in those particular, you know, circumstances, I mean, you'll definitely see uh, a difference that can make a quality of life difference in your day to day. I mean, I think I saw somebody in YouTube chat mention that for like video, video rendering and that kind of production um, context, it makes a difference for them. I mean, when we're moving around large, uh, <laughs> large 4k assets, uh, yeah, you know, read write speeds are definitely something we, we look at. <laughs> so 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, the normal user, I mean, unless, you know, maybe you're somebody who's moving around large Steam files, like if you're moving your library around. Uh, uh. I mean, most but people yeah. are probably not doing that the way we do for benchmarks. So yeah, exactly. They're not really <laughs> noticing it as much. Um, this is completely random, but I do think it's funny. So I'm just going to mention it back to the brown cow chocolate milk <laughs> commentary from earlier. Um, yes. J.R. Richardson on YouTube says, I grew up milking brown cows. No chocolate milk without Nestle. Dang it. Now we know. You just, you ruined, you ruined it. Next, he's going to say that Santa isn't real. What a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we we should probably take a couple more questions before we wrap it up. It's, uh, yeah. We've been going on for a while. Yeah. Any more from your document you want to hit? I'll look at uh, Discord. (laughs) Uh, So VC Jester wanted to know the kernels? Or General's Chicken. <laughs> so I know KFC is one of the references in that. For the General, is, is that a reference to like Panda Express? I don't know who the General is. <laughs> Sorry. He's the car insurance guy, right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. No, I'm just kidding. It's a, it's a joke. I think they're saying um, uh, it's the, the other chicken place, not Crispy Chicken. Uh, Church's Chicken? Uh, Church's chicken, yeah, isn't Church's chicken the the one oh, with the general? I don't think we have those in California at all, so that's why we, I don't know the franchise. Uh, we do, we, we, we have do, chicken. yeah, or at least uh, in in Oakland, I know. Oh, maybe there. it's just not a San Francisco thing. Maybe the rent's too high here because I <laughs> I didn't know about that growing up. Uh, maybe that's the wrong thing. I would choose Popeyes chicken. Popeyes, oh. I love Popeyes. Mascot. Lindsay thought maybe it was Popeyes, but I don't think Popeyes has mm. a mascot. Yeah, and if know. it is, I don't think it's a general. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I I choose neither of those. I choose I choose Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd I'd probably go Popeyes too. If I mean, if I had to pick between that, I'm usually not a fried chicken fast food person. But <laughs> what, Adam? You're missing out on so many good things in life. I mean, I'll eat it. It's just not my go-to. You know. What is your go-to? I mean, if, if it's if it's fast food, I mean, it's either uh, um, in and <laughs> out. Well, yeah, still talking. But the, <laughs> actually, Lindsay and I, uh, like a month or two ago, we we drove down south to the nearest Del Taco. It was like a half hour drive. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a bad Del Taco, so it wasn't oh. that great. But <laughs> uh, or or Burger King. Those oh, really? Are usually, my two. Yeah, Burger King. Okay, so I don't have good associations with Burger King because I think because again, maybe because of the rent prices. Uh, the only Burger King I really knew growing up was the one that's at like Civic Center Station, right by the main library, oh, and it's one. like the saddest, dirtiest, grossest, the most depressing Burger King there could be. I mean, and so, on, like anything close to market, <laughs> my association with Burger King unfortunately is shot because of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and actually, you know, so, somebody said Chipotle. Like, I don't necessarily consider that fast food, but yeah, like I, I like Chipotle a lot. Fester food. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Elder says that Popeye's mascot is a long wait. Aww. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jan Dokic, I'm gonna take my stab at that. Do it. It was uh, almost two dollars. Dollar ninety nine. Thank you for a uh, super chat. Just said thanks. Little sticker, thank or maybe you, it's a you. special sticker thing. I don't know what these sticker? are called. Oh, yeah. We don't we don't really do a lot on YouTube. Sorry, <laughs> with that. 
Oh, it is a sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a sticker, I think. Thank you. Thank you. Also, um, might be one of our first stickers. They also mentioned that uh, Santung's. Uh, one of the last. Sorry, Sorry, I was going to say real quick that they also mentioned that Santung's dry rub chicken wings are the best chicken in SF. And I would Ooh. disagree. I have a place that I love way more for really? dry chicken really? wings, Chinese style chicken wings in San Francisco. But I'm. I'm going to do that terrible thing where I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want everybody overrunning it. Because <laughs> it's too good. You don't want to share it. Not really. Even though it's probably better for the, the restaurant. You can message me on that later, Elena. I will. <laughs> yeah, me too. So good. But I do like Santong uh, chicken, uh, the one in uh, Sunset as, as well. I mean, I like it personally. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I just I think I like the style of the place I go to more. <laughs> Uh, last one I have from, from Discord, I, I think we can uh, answer real quick, um, from Mr. Aggie Agapai, CG, GC, uh, Carlos from the YouTube chat. Um, uh, headphones we are using, uh, yeah, questions about our, our headphones we're using right now. Uh, you go first. Okay. You're the audio person. <laughs> uh, right now, and it's because I've been reviewing i've been meaning to write a review for forever uh but these are the the super x by gamer uh headset um that just got released I, before that uh, i was also using the super x by theater both from creative um and uh yeah i mean it's not it, it's not my go-to i've just been kind of using them because they're easy for uh uh, for the for my setup here, and I need to write the review. So I'm actually working on a, a video that should be coming uh, pretty soon. I'm ho- hoping to record it tomorrow uh, about Super X Five stuff from Creative. So uh, that's what I'm using right now. All right, um, I am using a pair of headphones I stole from Adam's desk because <laughs> <laughs> I was getting so sick of the wires. So this <laughs> is the uh, Still Series uh, Art Arctis. One, so these are wireless. Which meant more for mobile. I'm I'm surprised you're using it on on desktop. I mean, it's I don't need it for the the microphone or anything. Uh, so well, I mean, because it's, it's a... USB. The dongle is there's USB C. Oh, I got an adapter. So I I bought they they uh, Steel Series actually makes a USB A to USB C cable specifically to adapt it. So it's actually quite handy because then I just I can plug the the dongle into that adapter and then pull it off the adapter easily to plug into like my phone if I want to switch the device I'm using and it's so much it's so much faster than Bluetooth pairing just because it's a physical dongle right it really is and because it's USB C I can plug it back into the computer without having to with like what direction is it so it's quite handy i'm glad you let me uh, yeah. borrow it without permission yeah I was, I was using it on, on the switch and then uh at some point i I'm, I'm supposed to make a video about uh like the best gear for like um like uh game gaming mobile gaming over on our sister channel tech advisor uh, which if you're not subbed and you like smartphone stuff you should go over to tech advisor uh, i just put up a video today about the uh about this phone the uh Lenovo Legion Phone Duel uh, only came out in China. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, look at that aw- Awesome gaming phone. Yeah, Lenovo's first uh, gaming phone. And see this notch right here? This is actually, I don't have it on or I would pop it up, but this is where the selfie cam is. Because oh. uh, they were like, oh, if people are going to, you know, game like this, the selfie cam pops up from the middle to help. So you can stream. stream? Yeah, and then the main cameras are here almost in the middle, so they're not obscured by your hand, so... If you like gaming phones, you should go check out my video over on TechAdvisor. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anything else, or should we uh, should we wrap up? I think it's time to wrap up. 
I'm so glad everyone joined us, but I, it's it's past lunchtime here, and I'm I'm hungry. And then Adam and I have to get to recording a video, so we gotta yep. speed things up. Uh, and Avocati Productions uh, within our our uh, group uh, that we work with. Uh, uh, I, I work on PC World Channel, the Mac World Channel, obviously uh, Tech Hive, which is smartphone or smart home, oh, smart home. Smart home. and then <laughs> Tech Advisor, which is um, uh, smartphone stuff. So. Yeah, if the, those are all under the English-speaking IDG umbrella channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, subscribe to all of them. They're pretty yep. fun, and you'll see me yep. in some form or fashion on yep. all of them. <laughs> and we, we do have sister channels in other languages as well that we don't obviously appear on. But, uh, if, exactly. for example, if you speak German, there's PC Welt, So Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, um, I guess the outro time. Do you want to oh, try the outro? Oh, I got to do it. You've got it memorized. I'm sure oh, you do. Oh, no, I don't. I forgot that I'd have to do the outro. I didn't no, write that it. at all. Shoot. Where where are we? We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, anything else? Google Play Music's going away, right? It's going to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would, so, I'd Spotify. So Spotify, St- iTunes, and Stitcher, anywhere else I should think? <laughs> anything else? No? Okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Check back next week for your fix of Tech Talk. We'll be back with Gordon and Brad in their proper places, which is to say that the the people who actually know things are going to be helming it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or iTunes. And if you do, leave a review every time you do. Evan and I will actually have an answer uh, to give you about our superhero names. We're going to have multiple options just to accommodate how many people are going to do this. Somebody in the chat said ver- the vertical or horizontal man. Vertical horizontal <laughs> man? I could, yeah. I could catch on. Sounds well, just, you know, those bars that sexual, like, but... no, well, no, because like, you know, those bars where like, uh, when like the, uh, the broadcast goes off air. Uh, Other bars, like, yeah. Yeah. We could just have that be like the, the color scheme and pattern mm-hmm. on your superhero costume. Yeah, color I bar. like it. Dan actually used to have a color bar uh, uh, luggage case. Uh, it was actually oh, that's cool. cool. Anyway. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah. signing off, uh, Adam Patrick Murray. Bye. Yeah. And then Willis is going to hit the off switch. Okay. And Willis, you have after, to have some kind of. Black. of yeah. Uh, Willis has to have some kind of ending statement to mimic <laughs> Adam, right? Oh, yeah. Do it. But, oh, uh, well, thanks everyone <laughs> for tuning in. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.